Hello, and welcome to the Astro Coaching Podcast. This is your host, Amber Brown, and I'm so glad that you are here to listen to this message. We talk everything about empowerment here using two of my favorite resources, astrology and coaching, and we dive into many other topics of different avenues and vehicles available to support our own healing, growth, and freedom. Thank you again for being here, and I hope you really love this episode. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for being here. This is Amber. I am the host of the Astro Coaching Podcast, and I have something very special to share today in this episode. We are going to be talking about safety and the importance for safety in having a regulated nervous system. I came up with the idea to talk about this because of an experience that I had in ecstatic dance last night, <laughs> which I ha- shared more about my journey with ecstatic dance in my last episode. And I highly recommend listening to that episode because ecstatic dance has been one of the most groundbreaking movements in my life. It's been incredibly cathartic and healing and transformative and connecting. I mean, there's so many layers of healing that it has done for me. The episode is called Ecstatic Dance Changed My Life, if you want to listen to it. And yeah, I was thinking about it last night because, you know, I get to go to these spaces and fully let go, fully let go of everything. I'm not even, I'm literally not even thinking. It's like my body goes into this, like, I mean, it literally feels like a trance. (laughs) I told somebody last night, it's like, if you are on drugs, (laughs) if you're like drunk and like, you know, when you're on, when you're drunk, like you just feel like you can just do or say, or like whatever, like you don't give a fuck. Like there's no thinking. All your inhibitions are just like gone And that's exactly what it feels like with ecstatic dance for me. It's like I'm not even in control of my body. It's just like doing whatever the fuck it wants to do. And but I'm obviously not on drugs and I'm not drunk because I'm in recovery and they're they have they hold a really tight container. They they have a lot of emphasis on um um on safety within the space. So they, they go into, um, anyways, I'll get into that in a second, but the, the tight container is the space holding for the safety. And because there's such a tight container and because I have this environment, this contact cont- context of safety, I'm able to completely let loose and lose all inhibitions. Um, it, I'm, I, I get the opportunity to completely let go because my nervous system feels comfortable, feels comfortable to do that. And when I'm able to do that, I have such a powerful release. It's like my body just goes into this like trance place and I just am doing and acting and like moving however the fuck I want to move in the moment. It's like so unbelievably, unbelievably cathartic. It's literally exactly like if you're dancing alone in your bedroom naked, (laughs) 
to like your favorite song and you're just like not giving a flying fuck because no one is around except for you and just makes you feel so good, you know? That's exactly what it's like with like 150 other people doing the exact same thing. (laughs) So I was having this experience last night, which I have almost every single time I go. Actually, every single time I go, I have this type of experience. Some of them are more intense than others. But I was thinking about it last night and I'm like, how is it that I'm able to get to this place almost every single time I come here of just full body release and surrender and connection and love and all these like wonderfully juicy healing things. And it's because of safety. It's because I feel so safe. I feel so safe in this place. I feel safe with these people. I feel safe in this environment. I feel safe in this building. I feel safe with this facilitator. I feel safe with the staff members here. Like I feel so safe. And it just like had me thinking about the importance of safety and why we get to experience that to be able to move forward in our lives or create change in our lives or really to be grounded in a regulated human. Um, and I'm going to talk about it in a couple different contexts and just to like break this down a little bit smaller to understand to easily be digestible, I'll explain a little bit about what I mean by safety. What I mean by safety is literally, this is my interpretation. So I encourage you to find your own interpretation uh, or other people's interpretations. Exploring this word, I think is so important for us to do and empower it for our own healing journeys and being an empowered version of ourselves. But this is my interpretation is that safety is how I feel in my body when I'm in some kind of environment or context, either within relationship with somebody or in a physical space, whatever the external piece is, it's how I'm feeling in my body in the presence of that thing. So with relationships, you know, I create, I experience safety with another human based on the way that they are respond to me and the uh and or the way that they are engaging within our relationship or the presence that they have or don't have within our relationship so for example like if you look at like a mother child dynamic a mother a mother a child is going to experience safety with their mother if the mother is having a securely based attachment with their kid. And what I, what I mean by that, securely based attachment is like having consistency, being attuned, you know, listening to the, being open to like listening to their needs and their wants and doing what they can to be of support and love and care to their baby's wants and needs and having consistency with that. So like whenever it cries, going to the baby, you know, and, um, you know, I know obviously I'm a mom, like we can't do that. We're humans. We can't do that every single time, but for the majority of it, if there's consistency, it's not like I'm here sometimes, but then I'm not here other times, or like maybe I'll be here a little bit, but not really because I'm distracted with other things. It's like, no, like I hear you crying. And so I'm going to come and like, hold you. I'm going to rock you. I'm going to try to feed you. Like I'm going to like respond to you fully because I want you to have your needs met. That's called attunement. And that's, that's how we express love to each other is through attuning to it's by number one, listening to somebody's needs and wants 
ideally if they communicate them to us. <laughs> and number two, attuning to them. So showing up in a really in a really uh, loving way, a, a very validating way, like, oh, I can see why, maybe an empathetic way, like I'm going to try to put myself in their shoes and understand why they're feeling this way and and validate their experience. So like, yeah, of course you feel that way. Like I, that, that makes total sense in my mind and, and taking action into being supportive and loving to them. So, um, not in like a codependent or, uh, people pleasing type of way, but in a coming from love and service. And I just want to like put a little side note in there is that we get to have our own cup full first before, I mean, ideally, you know, I know it's not always possible, but ideally, we get to have our own cup f- full first so that we can give from a place of love and service rather than from a place of resentment or pressure or res- quote unquote responsibility. You know, it, it's, we get to, sh- if we're available and when I say we become available because we take care of ourselves, we attune to ourselves and we fill our own cup up so that we can give from that cup. If we don't have anything in the cup, we can't give out of the cup. <laughs> And if we do try to give out of the cup that doesn't have anything in it, then we get resentful and we get angry and we start to blame and judge and push people away and act all silly and crazy. <laughs> um, so, and, and and using this dynamic with a mother-child dynamic, it's hard to do that. It's hard to keep our cups fill, full, but that's why we get to ask for support. We get to, you know, we get to attune to ourselves first. Like, I love that analogy of like in the airplane Put your own gas mask on first before you put your child's mask, gas mask on first. Because literally, on a life and death situation, if you are not available to live, like you cannot help your child to live. So like we get to honor ourselves first. That's obviously important. So anyways, back to safety and the secure attachment. Maybe I can do another episode on attachment styles because I've done a lot of uh, work and studying around that for the over the over the past years, and so that's another conversation for another day. But just briefly touching on it, the secure attachment is a healthy attachment versus some of the other attachments, which is like anxious, avoidant, or disorganized. Um, you can feel free to Google that if you want to know more about that. But when we have a secure attachment, someone that's how we create safety. And when we have safety within the relationship, just what I was talking about with my experience within ecstatic dance, we can, ha- we can be open. And when we're open, we feel comfortable. We can be vulnerable. We can have fun. We can have joy, connection, like all these like lo- juicy, loving things. And we get to have safety to make that happen. Like we can't have any of those things if we don't have safety. And I'll talk about it from a relational standpoint. It really makes me think about my previous marriage, which I've also shared in a previous episode, my journey <laughs> of um, divorce, coming into separation. I'm separated right now. And, you know, our our number, our core issue was around safety and ha- having a lack of safety within the relationship. And when I and you know, within relationships, obviously, there's mul- so many levels of safety like obviously on like a more extreme level, if there's like hit, if there's abuse happening, like physical abuse or emotional abuse, mental abuse, a lot of manipulation tactics, a lot of, um, you know, like mind games, a lot of games, like just a lot of like mean, like being mean. If there's just like any of that stuff happening, that's like an extreme example of a lack of safety. Like if that's happening within a relationship, 
I'm not going to tell you what to do. So take this with a grain of salt, but I highly, I highly encourage you to take a look at that relationship and see if that relationship is worth keeping or not. If you feel like someone is being mean to you, if you feel like there's that level of a lack of safety, it's damaging you. It's damaging your nervous system. And when our nervous system is damaged, it creates all kinds of ripple effects in the rest of our life. So, um, just want to say that piece. And, and I also just want to say I've been there. I I've been in abusive relationships before physically abusive. I mean, all kinds of abuse, but I feel like physically abuse is such a red flag. And I've been, I've been there and I know how hard it is to leave those relationships because they're usually embedded in like deep, deep, deep codependency and or addiction to each other. And I know how hard it is to leave, but I'm just telling you that it's possible and I have resources if you need them. So please always feel comfortable to reach out to me because I've been there and I've come out on the other side and hope is there. It's possible. With some of the other levels of safety, uh, outside of the like extreme examples of abuse is where we, maybe there's like nothing outwardly quote unquote bad happening. Like maybe there isn't like, you aren't being like mean to each other. Like maybe you get into like have your like, you know, arguments or whatever here and there. But like, if there's some, if there's something that's off in the way that you feel in your body when you're around this person, that might be, you know, a yellow flag, like something it may need to be tended to or taken a look at to see why that is like why is it that you're feeling off when you're around this person is it that they aren't fully present like maybe they do, they're really distracted or maybe they aren't um available to hear you to see you maybe they're just like tuned out they're checked out and maybe you know if you have expressed things vulnerable to them before? Like, how do they respond to you? Do they respond in a way that they are curious or they want to hear you or they want to explore this with you? You know, how, how is that, how is that relationship evolving when there is vulnerability? And that is, that is, that is where the rubber hits the road. I feel like in relationship is when we show up in a way that's healthy with somebody And when I say healthy, like showing up openly, consensually, you know, vulnerably, um, keeping the focus on ourselves, not blaming or attacking, no judgments, like just keeping it neutral and with my own experience and maybe having a request. A a great, just another side note, (laughs) a very wonderful framework for communicating in this healthy way is called nonviolent communication. I have used it for years and it's been absolutely incredible. I highly recommend it. There, there's a book and trainings probably in your area or online. Uh, and how that person responds to the way that you are engaging with them in a healthy way is information for you of how of the di- of the level of safety within the relationship. So are they are they coming from this loving, supportive, curious, open place, or are they coming from a place of defensiveness? Are they attacking? Are they blaming? Do they want to hear you? You know, are they are they open? Are they are they like quick to come back at you with something? You know, it, it that's what I encourage you to just notice and to just look at. 
And, you know, to self-disclose for a minute here, that's what was happening within my relationship. That was the core of our issue is that we couldn't even communicate with each other in like a, in this open, in this intimate way. There was no connection happening at the, at the very like ground level because, um, you know, not to place blame here, but whenever I would share something vulnerable or like, I just, there wasn't, I'll just say this, there wasn't an openness and there was, there was quick to judge. There was quick to attack, lots of defensiveness. And, you know, so it's just, it, I look, looking back on it and I, and I recognize this within the marriage that my partner at the time was not available emotionally on a, in a, just a very short way to describe it. Like wasn't, was, you know, frequently checked out, frequently on his phone, you know, gone a lot through working when they were around, you know, they, um, there wasn't a whole lot of space to be had. Like it wasn't really a priority to be able to connect. And the times that I did try to connect or say something vulnerable or talk about something, it was never well received. I mean, when I say never, it was maybe like 2% well received. Like it was a very small amount compared to the to times that it was not well received. And, and that's hard, you know, for me and my nervous system, that was really damaging because I felt like I couldn't be seen. I felt like I didn't, I couldn't even take up space in the relationship because if we had any kind of conversation about anything that was like tough, you know, it was like met with this reaction and blaming. And so it felt like the focus was then on him and not on what I was trying to communicate. And that communicate that told me the information I got from that is that it's not safe for me to be vulnerable. I mean, I, I got met with that over and over and over and over and over again. It's not safe for me to be vulnerable in this relationship. So I just I stopped being so you know, it's like our bodies know and our bodies react in a way to keep us safe. That's what our brain and our bodies literally are like here to do. They want on our primal sense, they want to keep us safe. So my body stopped being open to vulnerability for a very long time. And I got to a point where it just like shut down. Like I just couldn't even open it back up. <laughs> like Everything I tried, I just couldn't open it back up. And that's, that's a yellow flag. That's a yellow flag. Like there's something yellow, maybe red, orange. <laughs> it's an orange flag. There's something about that that is... Um, not healthy. It's like, that's like my body was signaling something to me and that, and that, and me listening to my body was giving me information I needed to be able to move forward in a, in a way that where I could attune to myself. That's, and that's really like how we create safety for ourselves is attuning to ourselves, listening to our body, listening to our emotions. That those, that, those emotions are messages from our body to us literally to our brain. Like that's what it is. It's like a messenger to ourselves to tell us, Hey, something, I need to tell you something. Or like when we have issues, when we have stuff going on with our body, it's because it's trying to tell us something. And so if we can listen to that and say, Hey, what, what's going on here? Where did this come from? You know, what, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I support you right now? That's attuning with ourselves. And that's how we create safety with ourselves. And I'll tell you what, (laughs) the more, this is for me speaking from my own personal experience. The more that I have created safety with myself, 
the more I experience it in my relationships because that's my new window of tolerance. Like that's my new um, standard. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be available for a con- an ecstatic dance container or a relationship or a dynamic with my kid that is not feeling safe because I feel safety within me. Like I, I don't, it's like, it's like if I'm used to like eating home cooked meals and like eating organic, eating, eating clean. And then someone like, you know, gets me McDonald's. I'm like, I'm not going to want to eat that because I'm used to eating clean. I'm probably going to have diarrhea. (laughs) I'm probably going to feel like shit the next day. You know, I'm probably going to break out or something like that. It's like my, my, my nervous system is used to feeling safe. And then if I feel unsafe, it's going to be like, Oh my God, this is like, I can't do that. Like, no, thank you. Oh, so anyways, yeah, I, I, and, and that's what I've been experiencing, you know, ever since I, I joined SLEA, which I haven't really talked much about either. That could be maybe another conversation for another day, but I have really come back home to myself in a completely new way. SLEA for anyone who doesn't know is Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. I'm in 12 step, I've been in 12 step recovery for a very long time. And my core issue is absolutely relationships and toxic relationships, which again, can be another story for another day. But um, SLAA for me has been all about creating this relationship I have with myself, deepening my my sense of self, attuning to myself, meeting my own needs, identifying even what those are. And because I've been able to do that, I just have been attracting these more potent experiences that bring me the safety, which is just more healing. You know, it's just like a domino effect in this healthy way. And that's why the unsafe relationships just felt more and more unsafe and like intolerable. So again, back to why this is um, useful for our nervous system is because if we, you know, if we're, well, let me, let me like give you an analogy, actually. They, you know, um, I'm sure you've heard, if you know anything about trauma healing that, uh, or trauma in general, but um, when animals, let's just use like an example of a gazelle in the African desert, I think that's where they live. <laughs> uh, when they're, when they're like chilling in the meadow eating grass, <laughs> This is my very ignorant, uneducated analogy of gazelles that I don't really know much about. But let's say that they are being hunted by a tiger and they hear this tiger trying to eat them and it starts chasing them. So the gazelle obviously starts running, like running, 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 going as fast as it can. That's a trauma response. And it's necessary. Trauma responses are actually very necessary. They're they're good in the moment. They're necessary. They're helpful in the moment because we're not going to die in the moment when we have a trauma response. So that trauma response is helping this gazelle move as fast as it can, as far as it can, so it can get to safety. So let's say it does. Let's say it outruns the tiger. The tiger gets tired, doesn't want to run anymore. And so the gazelle gets somewhere and it's able to hide. And let's say maybe the tiger gives up and walks, goes away. If the gazelle can then relax and feel like is in a place where it feels safe, it can re- it can fully relax and it can re-regulate its nervous system. It's called parasympathetic nervous system, which means which is like how you feel when you have a massage or how you feel when you go take a bath, or 
how you feel when you're meditating. That nervous, that act, that parasympathetic nervous system can get activated. It, it comes online, it wakes up, and that's how our body goes into homeostasis. And when we go into homeostasis, we heal. We it's like re, we relax and rejuvenate. We we heal. And it's and but you know it's it's but it's necessary for us to get to that place after a trauma response or else we won't heal. And that's exactly what the parasympathetic nervous system is. What I mean by the, by how safety is helpful for our nervous system, because a lot, so many of us, especially over here in the Western culture get stuck in that trauma response because something happened. Maybe we got into a car accident and we got, we went into a trauma response. You know, it's like our body probably needed to do that to feel like it wasn't going to die, you know, or let's say that maybe we lost our job and we got, we lost all of our income and we went into this trauma response and had to, you know, fight to get some things moving so that we could have money to pay our bills. Or, you know, maybe somebody died that was really close to you and it was really painful. And let's say you went into a trauma response with that and you like, had to be in that for a little bit to just get by, you know, until it felt a little less hard. Um, those are all trauma responses. And what tends to happen in our culture is that it actually really supports being in trauma response because on the outside, it looks like we're getting shit done or we're being productive, but it's not good. It's not good for our bodies to stay in that. That's why it's so helpful for us to rest and to um, find that balance. And, you know, and I know that's hard for a lot of people to do who have to work a lot or who are, who are parents and, you know, people who don't have a lot of resources. I know it's hard in our culture. And we do have autonomy and some kind of way to do something to be able to rest and rejuvenate and to relax and activate our parasympathetic nervous system. Some of that might look like meditation, you know, meditating um, ideally twice a day or going on some gentle walks, maybe doing some like grounding with the earth. Like I love to just lay in the grass or put my feet in the grass or doing something creative like me or something that's really nourishing, like, you know, like anything that's just like not for a purpose, you know? I mean, you know, it's like sometimes, and you know, for me, ecstatic dance is something that's really speaking to my soul right now. Sometimes it's reading. Sometimes it's watching a movie. Sometimes it's hanging out with a friend that makes me feel really safe. You know, it's, it looks different for everybody. And also I think it looks different for depending on what phase of life I'm in. But the important part is that we try and that we do something consistently and that's what I like to call these practices because when we do these practices consistently, they they create change. That's how we create change. You know, what's that? There's like a quote that's like, watch your thoughts because they become your words. Watch your words because they become your uh, behaviors. Watch your behaviors because they become your habits. Watch your habits because they become your lifestyle or something along those lines. And so it's, that's exactly what practices are. It's like they, they change us from the outside in and when we do them consistently. And that's how we create safety and, and one of the ways that we create safety. And I feel like that other way that we create safety is by listening to ourselves, you know, like to, and that's, you know, another thing about meditation that I feel like is so helpful because when we listen to ourselves, then we are able to 
um, attuned to ourselves. Listen to what, like, what do I need? What do I want? How, how can I support myself right now? How can I take some action, some movement towards what I need and, and what I want so that I can feel okay. I can feel healthy and I can feel safe because when I feel safe then I can ground and then I can relax and I can heal and I can be open and I can be vulnerable. And, you know, I would encourage you to like notice, just notice places in your life or people in your life or experiences or whatever it is that make you feel safe and or unsafe. Like, does your job make you feel safe? Do people at your job make you feel safe? Do you, or not safe? Uh, Does your family make you feel safe or unsafe? Do you have any friends that make you feel safe or unsafe? You know, does being out in earth, in the nature, make you feel safe or unsafe? Like, where do you feel safe? Where do you feel safe? And keep going back to those places. Like, keep returning to those places because that's going to grow your safety muscle. (laughs) And maybe start to lean away from these people who don't make you feel safe. Like, you know, or from these experiences that don't make you feel safe. Like, what is it that has you keep returning to them? Like, can you can you start to let go a little bit and put that energy towards something else that does make you feel safe? And if there's literally nowhere that makes you feel safe, nothing, then I encourage you to go try out new new things. Try out something. Try out meditating. Try, you know, going to some uh, local meetup in your area. Um, you know, maybe try to meet some people online or in person, um, just start connecting with, with people and with experiences, because that will give you information of where you feel safe and we need safety to survive. You know, we all need to feel safe. And I feel like at the end of the day, safety is just, at least in my opinion, one of the biggest values. Like it's just like probably the most important one in my opinion. Um, So I'm really grateful and I'm glad that I'm creating it for myself and how much of a ripple effect it's had in my life. And I really hope that for you too. Like I really, I really truly want that for you. I really want that for you. So yes, um, if I can be of support in any way, if you need resources or guidance or support, always know that you're welcome to reach out to me anytime. Um, If you'd like to reach out to me, I uh, am on all these social media platforms under Amber Brown Short. My website is amberbrownshort.com. And if you're interested in ongoing coaching support, you can find out more information about that on my website. Or if you want to learn about astrology, I've got a course coming up starting on the 24th. And uh, you can find some more information about that on my website as well. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, wherever you're listening from. And thank you for being here. And I honor you for listening to this message and I honor you for showing up for yourself. So thank you so much.